Thank you for tuning in to Detail Memoirs. This episode is brought to you by Rotafest and Zenware. Rotafest is the most powerful mobile invoicing software designed for auto detailers and recon professionals on the market today. More than just a mobile invoicing app, it gives you a complete suite of tools to manage your business. Yes, it has a mobile app designed for the iPhone and Android to decode the VIN and create an invoice in the field. But it also includes integration with QuickBooks, customer management tools, text and email reminders, reports, and now inventory management is included in this powerful suite of tools. Learn more about Rotafest at rotafest.com. All right, guys, we are live from Air Force One, the Museum of Flight, and of course, you try to do anything live around here, and these guys are clowning. <laughs> so yeah, we've had a phenomenal day uh, here with the Air Force One detailing team. Rennie Doyle's gonna join us in just a minute. Um, so yes, you have to be approved and trained to actually drive that little heister. And uh, yeah, the guys are still going at it. Rainy Doyle's checking on them, and uh, yeah, we're having a good time. Well, we so. gotta make sure this. Anyway, you guys have a great day, and we'll check you later. See ya. You know, here's the deal. I, anytime, and this is a, a sales. Uh, how, how I've looked. Yeah, you know, I tell you, if, if you're gonna be good and you know, a good business person, you gotta be a good salesperson, right? Right. And so, um, anytime when somebody calls, you know, hey man, I got this black car. I gotta love our guys are special. You know, especially in black cars call up and say, hey, you know, we got this jet aircraft. Oh, our guys are specialists in, in jets. You know, hey, I got this boat. Oh, man, we specialize in boats. And, and we didn't lie. We just highlighted what they did. So we, we did do a lot of jets. So we meet a guy at the airport. He turns around. He sees us. We owned another company. We owned a transportation company. So our executive protection company was, was transporting somebody. They start talking, and this guy started talking to the driver. And all of a sudden, our other company, one of the vehicles, shows up on the tarmac, and I'm working on this cool uh, Sea Fury, which is a World War II uh, plane. And um, we're working on this thing, and this guy gets out, and you know, he looks pretty cash. So I don't know if he's a real deal or not. But we treated everybody equal, right? Yeah. So we start talking to him. This is Sunday, Idaho. Guy is really cool, and he knows a lot about aircraft. Well, we start out with his cars, and he's got some nice cars. So it turns out, you know, today uh, wings turn up on these airplanes. Winglets, okay. right? Yep. Well, this dude is Mr. Winglet, man. Joe Clark, Aviation Partners. He became a longtime customer of ours, and probably about three years after we started work with him, I've done a lot of work with him, Clay Lacey. Yeah, look, look all these guys up. They're pretty legendary. And um, we take the, the, the Macabre uh, brothers, you know, up here in, in Seattle. Uh, all these guys, and uh, it all came through Joe. Well, Joe calls me in 2002 on uh, November 2002 and says, "Hey." I'm on the board, you know, up here at the, the, the Museum of Flight, and we got a little aircraft I want you to look at, and I think you're one of the only ones to fix it. And it was this Air Force One. And it came in, and the, the metal, you guys can see how shiny it is behind us. And if you're on, if you're not, just go on to social media and check yeah. it out. It, it literally, you could not, it was about the same finish as a MacBook. Yeah. You just could see nothing. And so we did the test spot. Um, they were impressed. So in uh, June of, tw uh, of 2003, uh, my, my crew and I, seven of us, came up. We did it for two weeks. And we were able to bring it to probably about 40% of what it, 30% of what it is now. And it's progressively gotten better. But a lot of people think, oh, you know what? You should go after perfection. You can't. 
is because this has got cladding on it. It's a piece of history. This thing's valued at two to three hundred million. That was what we're we're insured this year for three hundred million. Wow. Because of uh, uh, different agencies, Christie's, these kind of guys, uh, private buyers that would spend that kind of money on it. Yeah. And so, you know, with that, it's a national treasure. And we don't want to deplete, just like on clear coat on a car, this has only got so much you can do on that aluminum. You know, this thing was built in 1958, went into service in 1959 in a presidential service uh, and flew all the way until the, uh, the 90s, you know, the late 90s. And so we got it here. The Air Force had beat the living tar out of it. You know, they don't have to maintain stuff. And so we had to go through and slowly but surely. Now it's more maintenance, but a lot of people don't realize, too, is that every time we work on it now, we use such a light touch that we're getting it. You guys have watched it. It gets better and better. Every every single time. So part of this that I don't think, um, you know, part of that story is you personally. How cool is it the fact that, you know, and I know the story of you, but years and years ago, it's like a 12-year-old little boy loving airplanes. Yeah. That this is where you end up yeah. this many years yeah. later. Yeah. I mean, that, that's probably one of the coolest parts to me is that you get to be around this. Still. And, you know, take advantage Still. of this. You know. Yeah, and it doesn't stop being cool. That Every year. No, man. No, 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 no. Yeah, cool. You know, I go up and kiss the nose of her every time. And this is an emotional year because, you know, I mentioned Joe Clark. But when we left here the last time, we missed a year because of COVID and so the shutdown. So last year it didn't get service. So it was a little more work this year. But even now, missing year, it still was nothing like it was in the past. But when I left here last time, my mom had just got put on in hospice. And so uh, we got up here the first week of July. Last year, um, a week earlier, my mom had been in hospice for a week. And, and that's September 28th, we lost her. And then COVID, the shutdown happened, we got a very shutdown happened, and then we lost Joe Clark, yeah. the guy that got me this this project. And so it's coming back is we're going to go over on his memorial and uh, clean up. He's got a winglet that was dedicated to, to his company, Aviation Partners, and we're going to go over and clean it up because just in a few weeks they're having a memorial for him here. So that's how important of a guy. But, yeah, you know, I started throwing up my, a, BM, a, a BMX bike, you know, in 1979. I towed a, a wagon behind a, a mongoose and towed it all over, you know, the, the local airports in my area, detailed airplanes. Yep. All right, guys, now we are with Dan Gill from DMP Detailing. Is this your first year? It is. It is. Year. He is another rookie. So how is this year being on the detailing team at Air Force One impacted you, brother? A lot. A tremendous amount. The people you meet, the things you get to do, being able to touch history, literally, uh, and being part of this project is something I've always wanted to do ever since I even heard about it. And just being here, I mean, actually, I get chills just thinking about it. I mean, you're living, you're, you're, it's history. Yep. And we're preserving it for years to come for my kids and your kids and everybody else's, you know, we're preserving it and keeping it, and that way they know what it looked like instead of just a pile of junk out in the yeah. aircraft yard. Yeah. And you're working on my baby. I've Absolutely. Spent many, many hours on this plane right here. <laughs> I think yeah. everybody I got has. the shoulders to prove it. So. <laughs> yeah, this one will beat you. This, this one, one definitely beat you. Absolutely. Beat you. So, 
And you are the guy to get it done. I, we're so. doing the best we can. We're yeah, going to give it all. Hell of a job. we got a shortened crew this year, and they're doing an excellent job on these two planes. We've so. actually got a tremendous amount of confidence with the, as few people. Yeah. 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 So, yeah it's, it's amazing what happens when you have a unified mindset and unified vision and goal Absolutely. and talent and passion. Man, you can get it done. Absolutely, you can. So. Yeah, you talk about tributes too. I think you know one of the things that's yeah. really cool is you know even on the detailing team shirts this year is a tribute to Steve Edelman. Yep. And so this year has a lot of impact, right? We've had the year of COVID. Uh, we've we're running a smaller crew this year. Yeah. Um, and so the whole dynamics different, but the feeling is exactly the same. Oh, it is. It is. I mean. The, Feeling. It it's like, I mean, you guys saw how we started out. I mean, it was a circus. There's always an, uh, oh. a time for play here, but everybody is sure. like here to get the preservation yeah. work done. Yeah. And, and I actually had a really good heaven about that. Is you know, as we're as we're cleaning up from media day, um, Kyle looked back at me and says, "Hey, can you grab the gate?" Yeah. And for those of us that have been here before, you understand what that means is there's gates and fences around stuff because this is a live museum. There's people coming in and out of here yeah. all day long. Right. There's guests here, and you have to keep everything not just clean as in, oh, we're cleaning something, but clean as in a guest needs to be able to walk through here and see that it's still a museum. One of the top aviation museums in the world. I mean... You know, I think the only thing that could maybe have a, a little more unique collection than this is the Smithsonian. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, there's, the Air Force Museum's got some cool stuff. Um, they don't have that. They actually do. They have the other one of those? Yeah. Oh, they actually okay. do. They do. They do. And so, um, but, you know, they don't have a lot of other things, you know, and. I mean, we're sitting underneath the tail right now of a Concorde yeah. jet. Yeah. Yeah. You know? There's Airways Concorde I mean, jet. I mean, you know, I mean, there's F-18s in the back. There's a there's the last remaining flyable uh, B-17E model. Uh, one of the last remaining B-29s, which we're working on both. Yep. But a lot of work on the B-29. And my shoulders still ache from yeah. the B-29. My shoulders are destroyed. <laughs> if you're a guitar and you're and you hit 45 or 50 and your your shoulders aren't giving out, just wait, they will. I think one of the things that a lot of people ask, right, because Rod and I have been involved, this is what, our third year, fourth year yeah. involved with this, we get asked this all the time, how do I get selected oh, yeah. for the detailing team of Air Force One? You know, here's the thing, is continuity, and so to keep the continuity is that, you know, we, Diane and I run a, and, and Chris run a training center, and we have since uh, 2005, unbelievable, 16 years, and we train professional entrepreneurs, and everybody says, oh, you train detailers? No. We train entrepreneurs. There's a difference. Uh, we'll train you as detailing, but that's, you know, we do a one-day extreme class, and we do a lot of both around the country. But, you know, our five days is not towards, I want to I clarify this, it's a lot of detailing skills. I mean, it's, it's 60 to 70 hours. It's going to kick your butt. But the biggest thing that we teach is entrepreneurship, you know, and, and tying it in. Everybody that's on this project that's come through that five-day extreme class, you know, they start there. And then we pick from our group, and it's active members. So... The reason why is if we brought different people here, there would be no respect for it, um, you know, and we know your abilities. And it's not even if you're a badass. Matter of fact, sometimes the most badass detailers that are OCD are dangerous on this level of aircraft because they don't know when to say when. Yeah. And this one, you can't go extreme because you'll cause damage. 
and a lot of people don't understand that. And I, I've actually, there's been some, some, some talk back and forth on social media. Oh, you guys could get it better. Yeah, we could, and we could never do it again. Right, exactly. You know, we could never do it again. And we are with, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Chris Williams, owner of East Coast Detailing. It is actually his first year at the Air Force One detailing team. So we wanted to give you a moment to tell us how this uh, project has impacted you already. Man, this, this is a great project. I love everything behind it. And to be out here with some of the greatest detailers around the country, uh, it's an honor and a privilege. Uh, and to be working on this. Air Force One, how many people in this can say that, you know? Yeah, less in, than in the less, B-29. Yeah, like 100 people on yeah, the planet, yeah. just so you know. So to have this <laughs> honor to come out here and do this, amazing it's a privilege i will never be able to express this not in words you have to come do it for yourself yep well and i just know when i saw your name as one of the detailers selected i was like yes if yep. anybody deserves a selection team you do and of course marcel i'm sure her yeah. time's coming yeah. but you especially deserve it so i appreciate it i'm very very happy and, and, I, and I, I would look at that and say, because we've done, been on almost, Jody and I were walking around today looking at every one of the planes in here that we have worked on. And personally, every one of us has had our hands on every one of the 17 planes in here. Yeah. And every one of them is so different because yeah. of not only the material that they use, but for instance, you mentioned the B-29. That plane is in pieces. It, it, yeah. didn't, it wasn't the original B-29. No. They yeah. put out pieces. So some of the aluminum on there is from something that was sitting in the desert for 20 yeah. years. The other part was in a really moist climate. And and I would I would argue I don't know of very many people that could get it better because no. they don't have experience. No, 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 no. It, it's it yeah. is it is beyond. Uh, you can't describe it. when you come in here. Most people have a connection in some way or another. It's very very emotional. Uh, everybody that comes in here, I've seen on social media at one time or another will have a quiet moment when they're wandering around. Oh, this absolutely. Yeah. And no. even even the people that are at the museum, there's a gal over here that helped preserve the B-17. Yeah. And she was up inside the wings with a toothbrush and, and a tongue depressor cleaning the inside of the wings. Absolutely. And, it, you know, not only that, but look at the age of these planes. I mean, that B-29, there's pieces of it that a Japanese Zero shot yep. during the war, and they had to patchwork it together. And so when you add all that together, you know, it, it and, and that plane's a real deal. I mean, we've got... Photos of it dropping ordnance over Burma, you know, and, and, and during the World War II, uh, it was an active fighter. Uh, we last year in 2019, we had a, a, a gentleman approach me, and he, he came up and he go and I knew his age, and he had a World War II veteran hat. Yep. And he goes, "Can I? Can you do me a favor? Is there any way I can touch the nose of this airplane?" And I went, "Yeah." And I'm not museum staff, but I had a feeling, so I walked him behind it took him over there and he goes oh wow and i said well if my if my gut feeling's right why don't you come over here and touch the access door i want you you know why don't you peek your head in there uh it turned out he flew that plane in combat wow. that very plane wow. t54 uh, square you know so he had i think he said three or four missions in that plane wow. before something it got it got shot up and he had he moved to another plane he just never went back to it Yep, you know. and I remember that with him coming in here, and it was unbelievable. It was like a silence. Oh, it was weird. It was eerie. Uh, we, 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 we met one of the pilots of the, uh, the the guy that flew 
um, okay, 25 missions in a, in a, in a B-17, you, you were done. Your yeah. flying crew is done. Well, this guy, him and his crew get 25. They made it, which is, like, pretty rare. And he flew, like, another 20 missions over, wow. over Berlin. Wow. And we got to meet him. That's and, crazy. And here he is. He's 90. He was 94 and a half. And he kept telling us, if I said you're 94, no, I'm 94 and a half. And he's counting those moments. He was, man. man. He was counting those moments. And But it's funny because, you know, Diane was here, my wife. And um, we wanted to take a fish with him. So he wrapped his arms around, you know, and hugged Diane. He goes, hey, 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 gentlemen, um, I'm kind of enjoying this. Take a few more pictures. <laughs> you know? And, and, and so here he is, 94 and a half, and he's still spitting game. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting because when you, people get older like that, they do that. My grandfather, that was the one that was in World War II, he actually got, went, got to go on that, um, what they call the, the flight, where they take him back. And, oh, man. Um, and and he, they make him sit in a wheelchair, and there's a, there was a female four-star general and as she came by, everybody was saluting him. And he stood up and he said, "Hey, how about a hug?" And she came oh, over. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Gave him yeah. a hug. And yeah, because he, he's yeah. like, you know what? Oh, yeah. You don't get many chances oh, yeah. to hug a four-star no, general. No, so. well, it's funny because Diane told him she's an NCO, and he goes, "Well, you know, you and me, we're not supposed to be doing this, but <laughs> you know, I'm an officer, and uh, so awesome. I, you know, I looked at him and I said, you know, sir, I'm an officer too. I give you permission." He goes, "Do you outrank me?" I said, "No, but it's okay. It's okay. You know, <laughs> it's okay." And I said, "You outrank me and." Uh, I said, you know, my generation would shit our pants to go through what you did. But, yeah. you know, it's amazing. And, and, you know, something that you guys will never, that, that if you're listening, that hum, yeah, that sound, it, it never leaves you, you know? Yeah. Because the machines on the aluminum, the machines, it's different than doing a car. And the fact is, it's like I told these guys, is that the day one, they're asking, they said, well, what's your long-term plans with this? And I said, you know, at some point, you guys are going to be here. And one of the guys says, and you're not. And I said, no, I'm going to be here, but my name's going to be on a plaque. Right. And I said, so you're going to go by and say, I remember. These these artifacts are going to go on. We've changed the, the direction of these artifacts being taken care of for an indefinite period. And and, and we're detailers. I mean, we're detailers. And, and so it's really cool to see us, you know, have a, a, a piece of history that is going to live on, you know, way after we do. Yeah. And my kids were brought up, you know, I started this in, in 2003. Well, my youngest daughter wasn't even born yet. Right. right. You know? Right. And they've all come up. And so, you know, they started coming up in about 08, uh, five years, you know, into it. And uh, our daughter in 2012 did her senior project, you know, here. And that was the first time she was officially part of the, the crew with a, a tool in her hand. Now she's a, a, a helicopter pilot. You know, she's Marine. Um, she teaches flying. You know, she's got all these, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm the longest lasting uh, student pilot in the history of mankind. <laughs> you know, uh, my, you know, so, but here's my daughter that I've gotten to live a different side of aviation. You yeah. know, had I'd rather gone her direction, that wasn't in, that just wasn't in the cards. Yeah. Am I jealous? No, I'm proud. Yeah. You know? yeah our, our other daughter, Delaney, that also, she did her senior project on it. Um, she is a maintenance officer in the Air Force. She's a lieutenant um, and, and works on, on, on F-22s and F-35s as an officer. That's cool. You know, and here they've come through. So this is more than just in, in these individuals you guys have been touched these guys didn't just come in to sponsor it Bob and Dave didn't come in to sponsor it 
they're running tools. Yes. All four of you guys getting dirty, getting nasty, getting up. I mean, working really, really, really hard on on taking part in this. Pretty yeah, exciting. I, I tell you, it. Um, you know, I made a comment at the beginning of the week when the team was coming out. We hadn't come out yet. And I said, you know what? This is going to be the hardest, most impactful week of their year. Walking around some of these warplanes, knowing what they were designed for, walking in them, it's very, very humbling. Um, it, it makes you realize what these young kids had to do back in the day. Um, and it, it's just breathtaking, very humbling. But the privilege to work on these airplanes is, is just beyond words. But once you walk in the door the first morning and see the size of these planes, um, yeah, yeah, even the first half day, you're like, man, we're making good progress. And then you realize there's 1,100 feet more of airplane Six inches at a time. That's right. And you're right. like going, uh, can I replace my shoulders? Yeah, yeah, exactly. How about you, Greg? Um, it, I mean, exactly what Chris said. I mean, you do. You look at these things and you just realize, wow. But um, for me, I guess, I, for me, I was really excited to come up here and hang out with the guys. You know? Uh, I work a lot with my son and myself, but I don't work in a big team, so the team atmosphere, it's kind of like being on a, you know, a sports team, basketball team. You, know, you got your... The starters, which are around the corner here. Yeah, so let's show the starters. <laughs> yeah. And we got our rookie crew. Yeah, and look at the JV. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far, but... Yeah, well, in this instance, I think we are. But it's been yeah, great. I, I really, I really have enjoyed uh, working with the guys. This is, honestly, there's not a bad apple on this team. I thoroughly enjoy every one of them. And you and I were still here by the end of the day on Wednesday, so we're doing something. We can do it. We can do it. Well, us old guys made it two, two, you know, multiple years. So yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, I, I think uh, physically, I was a little nervous about it. To be honest with you, if I'm being honest, I wasn't sure six days of this how how I'm going to feel. Uh, so far, so good. I mean, you're yeah. tired, but I'm not not sore like I thought I'd be. So this has been really, honestly, just a great time. And we want to thank Road FS for one of the sponsors of this. Oh, well, absolutely. Amazing group of guys. They have amazing, amazing uh, scheduling program all set up for cater to detailers. And these guys, their energy, as soon as we see them in the morning, we got really excited because we want their energy. <laughs> That's right, They baby. bring it every single day and every single um, detail mafia member. Yeah, right, because I remember the first time that Rod and I started putting a polisher to these planes, you know, to actually physically touch history oh, and to help preserve it is an emotional thing, right? Yeah. As I'm sitting there working the polisher, I'm just like, man, if this plane could tell me uh, the stories that uh, it's seen, and and it, yeah. it's just it's such a humbling experience to be a part of it, you know, and Evan. You know, the guy that he's facilitates outdoor, yeah. this. He's the outdoor curator. The outdoor this. curator. I mean, he does a phenomenal job. And we have to give him a major shout-out. Because if it wasn't for him, you know, in a large part, we wouldn't be able to do all the things that we're able yeah. to do to no. preserve these, no. these crafts. Well, this, it's a project we tried to do, you know, once a year. Get this thing funded and put together. 
We had problems last year, you know, with the plague. <laughs> Cape <laughs> Cape kind of spoiled everybody's plans, and uh, things kind of went downhill a little bit as, as even the museum world came to a halt, as you can imagine. But the planes were still here, so the planes, you know, still mean maintenance. And, you know, the, the cleaning and the preservation project is, is, is always forefront in what we do. You know, people look at it as appearance. The first thing they see is the appearance of the planes. It's important. So we not only do the appearance, but with the products that we use through our, our great suppliers, they, they pop. They really, they really come out and really shine. And, and it helps preserve those prop, prop you know, our, all of our, our aircraft and our planes. How does, it, how does it feel this year with the smaller crew, in your opinion, versus the ones years we've had larger crews? Well, it, well yeah, I can maintain my sanity a little more <laughs> because I don't have uh, 60 people flying around. But, you know, most, uh, most of these guys have been here before. And so they know exactly what to do, exactly where to go, exactly how to do it. They know how to apply the product. They know how to get the most from those products and the most out of themselves. And plus, I'm able to beat them up until you know the end of the week, <laughs> which is pretty good. But you know, with a smaller crew, you know, we, we have to concentrate more and some of the more of the the vital area, the, the the really the core of our our museum, which is obviously Air Force One. It, it yeah. is, you know, it's kind of the queen of the fleet. It, you know, and when we taken a shining little pun here, a shining to the B-29 bomber, and, and it, it, we've really worked miracles on that plane, you know, and turn it into a mirror, and it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. So we've just kind of downsided the number of planes that we're able to do, but what we do is done very well. Yeah, and it's such an amazing project, the team and the energy, and the spirit that happens as we go through this throughout today and the entire week. I'm telling you guys, if you're in Seattle, you gotta come to the Museum of Flight because Evan and his team, they've done a phenomenal job of bringing and gathering and collecting and putting together some beautiful you know, relics of history that really tell a story of America. Yep, we love you guys. Awesome. I think one of the things that really is impactful to me is we were as we were flying over here today, um, and I was thinking about you know being here and you know what it looked like and feel like as it looks and feels different every year uh, is you know with all the garbage that's gone on oh, in the United States man, in the last couple of years, man. this is one place where you come in here and that kind of just dissolves away and it's 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 your one way to give back yeah. and to help preserve yeah. American history and you know. There isn't any of the garbage. There's any of the political crap. It's it's American history, and for for everybody that's an American, this is this is our one way to give back. Yep. You know, and that's the way I look at it. Is like I'm I'm actually I'm actually providing a service to the United States and helping preserve a priceless piece of American history. I love seeing posts uh, yeah. that, uh, where people, detailers will go, hey, what's the most expensive thing you've worked on? And I just laugh. Uh -huh. I, just, I just chuckle. Uh -huh. and I go, well, one of them is inserted yeah. 350 million, yeah, yeah. and then there's the yeah. other 16. Yeah. So, I, you know, and it's funny because it's funny because this is the first time it ever happened. Is This is the first time that we we had to insure it for 300 million worth. Yeah. And on Tuesday, I get a call and I'm like, that's our insurance agent, and and we renew our insurance right before this. And so I'm calling, like, I'm calling, I'm going, uh, uh oh. And so I, I I pick up the phone. And he goes, Hey, how's it going? And you, know, and you could hear hesitation in his voice. And I was like, Well, 
um, you want the good news or bad news? And he goes, uh-oh. And I said, it's going amazing well. Yeah. I said, listen, <laughs> we're so slow moving and so precise with this aircraft that there's, you know, I won't say there's no way we can damage it, but we're going to we're gonna try everything and that's humanly possible to not hurt human or, or airplane. But, you know, this is a funny story because, and I don't get to tell a lot of people this, but, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to original flight crews that flew President Eisenhower, Supreme Commander of World War II, by the way. Yeah. How cool is that? Kennedy, Johnson, and, you know, this, it, it, here are the stories, and I can't, unfortunately, I can't share some of the stories online that they told me, <laughs> yeah. but I will share with you guys when we're done the ones I haven't shared. And we lost one of the pilots that told me some real juicy ones this last time. And it's pretty cool because then I go back and I do some research and you find out that there's other stories that confirm that happened. Yeah. You know, not direct, maybe, but that other people have talked through history also. Then the second part of this is, is, is that's really cool is that, you know, anybody that's listening right now, if you're brand new, if you're young, if you're old and brand new, is that first off, everybody who's new, stop listening to people uh, that are spitting out spew. Second off, if you're more experienced, stop being cocky and listen. You need, we, uh, us more senior guys need you, you just as bad as you. You guys need us a little worse because we've got some wisdom that you guys just don't have yet. But the one thing I want to tell you, I'm a kid, look this up. I grew up in Colton, California. I was a minority in a town, very poor town already. And I grew up kind of on the lower end of that, not the bottom, but the, the lower end of that is that in 2004, through this project, is I got an invitation to go have lunch with a sitting president, Ben Bush, President nice. Bush. And I got to go meet the president. We went to a luncheon. I got to have about a 15-minute conversation in private with him. Um, I still pinch myself. I look at the end. I got invited to his second inaugural. Um, you know, it, it was just amazing to think, here I am, this kid. You know, because, I mean, at some point, you guys are going to realize, as you grow old, if you keep the right attitude, you're always a kid. Yeah, yeah. ain't that the truth? You're always a kid. Yeah, you I know? to about age 12. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm at. Like that. Oh, yeah, and as you, get old, as you get older, is that you'll find out that if you're doing it right, is that you revert back to your youth even more and having fun, you know, with the people that you really dig. But, you know, it, it, if you would have told that, that you know, 13-year-old kid that was doing detailing as, because I loved airplanes, I got to learn to fly that way, um, but I really did it to get my grandma and my mom off the food stamps, you know? I didn't want them spending, I, I didn't want them giving that away. I wanted yeah. them to be pro- proudful women. They, they did so much for me, and we're, we accomplished that. But look what's happened by not being selfish and by going with, my, and, and it was not easy. Um, I have people go and say, would you go back and do it all over again? And the answer is probably no. Um, to do it the way I had to do it, right. I would probably choose something that was a little easier to make a living at. And I would have had this success a little sooner. Um, but it wasn't God's ordained uh, plan for me. And, you know, it's I, I get this, and I don't know if you guys get this, is, hey, what was your favorite business to start up? And my answer is the one I haven't started yet. Hmm. 55 years old, man, and I'm not done. I'm just getting started, really. That's right. Round two is waiting to go. Yeah. So I good. mean, you look at, you know, look at what we've done together as friends through the years. We've known back. I mean, we go back. Oh, my gosh. Jesus, yeah, 20, yeah. you know, 20 back years. Day, yeah, yeah, back right. in the day. 22-year-olds are going, wow, those guys are old. Those guys are old, man. Look at that 
out white on the yeah, you know, no yeah, hair, white yeah, hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think everybody kind of fumbles their way through it, and that's what one of the things is. As you get older, you want the younger, like you're saying, the younger generation to listen. Oh, they yeah. won't. They'll do it their yeah, own way. Yeah. And then when they get older, they're like, "Man, I wish I would have listened to those guys. Oh, yeah. It would have saved me so much oh. heartache." You know, we got, we've got young guys. You look at, there's a lot of them here right yeah, now. Yeah. And you got, look at Justin Lobato, man. That dude listened to all, I mean, 80% of what, he was able to de- detect what would work in his life and what not. Yeah. So I'd say he listened to about 80% of what I said. Dude, he catapulted himself, you know. Yeah. I'm not responsible for that. I just gave some guidance. I, I gave advice. He, I made suggestions. He made decisions. Yeah, well, I love so that. But you can pick out people yeah, that are going to listen. Yeah. And you that's know? a great thing. There's, we met a guy uh, at SDC, Jason Gale. Yeah. Probably listening out there. Really smart guy. Him and, him and his wife, and they're a great team. And he just he listened. He was soaking yeah. up stuff from everybody. And I think that that is, that is, you know, you got two ears and one mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. you need to Amen. soak that stuff up. Amen. And you need to listen a lot. Well, and you know, is I, I, I had to correct a young kid that was at training. is. He, he referenced me or somebody else in the class as old, and I, and I really got on him. I said, listen, the one thing, I, I've i never said two things. I've never said the N-word, and I've never said, I've ne- never looked at his older than me and called him old. And I said, the reason why is, obviously, the first one I mentioned is disrespectful, it's awful, it's, it's ugly. But the second one was is that I value... To this day, when I meet an old, I, I talked to a, to a gal today for about 15 minutes. And in 15 minutes, she popped on so much wisdom in me, on me, mm-hmm. that I just shut up and I let her talk. You guys met her. She worked yeah, on the, yeah, on, we talked on the her, B-17 yeah. and she was laying down some stuff that was absolutely, it was nuggets of life. Oh. Nuggets. And I'm sitting here at 55. Carol, she, Shelby told me, how old are you? I said, I'm 39. He goes, son, you're still retarded. <laughs> well, 55, it hasn't improved much. It hasn't. It hasn't. But he said, here's what he said. He goes, listen, I've said this a lot. He goes, listen, at 40, you're going to start slowing down and really developing what and who you are. At 50, you're going to start rolling in it. Yeah. And at 60, you should really be cranking out some good lifestyle and money. And at 70, you wish you were 50 again. Ain't that true? Yeah. Man. And I, I got to talk to him again when he's 80. And I said, hey, man, you remember talking to me? And I told him the story. He goes, yeah, I remember that story. He goes, I don't remember you, but I remember telling you the story. And I said, well, shit, I had hair when I talked to you last time, you know. <laughs> and he goes, that's okay. I did too. And he, so, he, you know, he, um, he, I said, so what about at 80? And he goes, you know, and he says, I want to tell you, not a lot's changed. And he says, the heart of a lion is the heart of a lion. And he says, you know, I found out a lot of similarities when you get around people that are entrepreneurs. And the ones that do the best have got one thing in common. It's un, it's unbridled um, desire. It's unbridled passion. And it's unbridled determination. And he says, son, that doesn't change at any age. Oh, I love that. I love that. I mean, it's awesome. I, I, you know, I think that's a great note to end on. I mean, because this this work, yeah, is has come to fruition and continues to grow and be impacted because of unbridled determination, absolutely, and passion by the entire people. I mean, yep. you have volunteers walking, ambassadors here. Yeah, you have the twenty twenty one detailing team dedicating an entire week away from their business yep. to make this happen and you know your your leadership 
I mean, we have to give a shout, a shout out to Bob and Dave Phillips from oh, PNS Detail huge, Products. Huge. I mean, those guys. Wouldn't happen. It, it wouldn't happen mm -hmm. without them and Flex and the other sponsors. You guys. And, I mean, you know, you guys have been, again, I'm going to go back and pay tribute where tribute's due. Not only have you guys taken and given us resources to make this happen, but you've been part of the team. Yeah, which has been you know, uh, you've been part of the team, and these guys are just good guys. As well, simple thanks. as that. Besides having a great product, they're just good human beings, and uh, I think it's pretty. I, I'm really proud to call both of you guys friends. And I just got one thing. I got one request, man, from both of you. Uh, help me get back to Idaho. <laughs> I gotta get out of California, dude. California. I love Big Bear where it's going, but it's just gone crazy. I love my shop and everything, but you know I can build another one in Idaho. I gotta get the hell out of California, dude. Square that peg, is, round hole. That is funny. Well, you're always welcome. Yeah. Man. We got a place for you. Cool. Well, All right, guys. We want to thank you guys for joining us, and uh, I think we're gonna interview a couple guys and uh, put this on the trail end to get a little flavor of their insight and yeah. their experience here but you guys thank you so much for joining us and we'll check you same time just next week you got it happy detailing guys. see ya oh that was awesome man we have richard ambrose the rocker of guns and hoses detailing that is me so we wanted to grab you for a sec and yes, just sir. ask you what this project is for you well i think it's a it's a way to look at a new year it's a way to, you know, we're putting new color, new shine on uh, on the aircraft, and I think it's a way that uh, we can look at 2021 and on beyond. That, you know, what's happened has happened. It's in the past, and uh, all we have to do is shine on. There you go. Shut, no, perfect. that sounds like shine a rock song. Shine on, baby. <laughs> crazy dive. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Awesome.